Somebody goes, hey, yeah, yeah, the problem to that thing. And then, and then I got somebody else looked at me and go, you know what? Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Gucci. Right, ladies and gentlemen, you tuned into the greatest show on earth. Our luck show. I got the Indian in the house. Chumahan, the elegant barbarian, here once again. And got my man, old blue eyes, audio genius. That's right. That's. Yeah, I feel that's like it? you need one more. Something. That's right. That's right. Hey. Sean Lewis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, certified audio professional. I That's like right. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Got salmon on visuals. Salmon, Dragon Balls. Salmon. Dragon. We got Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball. Z. Dragon Ball Z. What a Z. And today, you guys, <laughs> raining from the west side. Yes. West got side. a special, special guest. Yes. We got Dan from Juice Magazine in the house. Yeah. The man. Oh, man. Motherfucking West Side culture in the fucking house. Yes. Tonight. Damn. No the real pressure. deal. What's up, Dan? Uh, fucking honored to be here, man. You kidding me? Yes. This guy. I just saw just You. Saw Dude, nah. Like, fuck. Man. It was over at I was over at Skinhead Rob Accesses and um and uh Olson. And Olson, Steve Olson's art show at Brooklyn Project. Shout out to Brooklyn Project. Shout yeah. out to Dom. Yeah. Hell yeah. And um and we ran into each other, man. Crazy. Yeah, man. Fucking Juice Magazine. Like this you guys listen, listeners. Everybody. <laughs> Juice Magazine. How long has Juice Magazine been around? We'll be turning thirty years old this year. Thirty years old. Yeah. Listen, these dudes were yeah. doing a print magazine. On the West Side, fucking whole skate scene, just the whole West Side scene, from thirty years ago, man. Like cartoon, Estelle, like all of us, yeah. And then others, Jay Adams, Dogtown, like everybody has participated and fuck with this magazine. These guys are still rocking and rolling. Like anybody on the West Side, yeah. You mentioned this, this magazine, bro, and anybody who want to be in it and fuck with these dudes, been around, consistent. And part of the culture of the West Side, man, in so many different ways, the Southland. Damn, that was that was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, no, really, we appreciate for real, it, man. bro. Well, we just we love it there. I mean, it's like there's no place like Venice. I've never experienced any place like Venice in my life. And everybody there is like so multifaceted. Like people, you meet somebody, you have no fucking idea who you're talking to, and yeah. so you know who you're talking to. Yeah. And at that point, if they've let you that far, you, it's like magic, you know, and like. We feel super fucking lucky to be able to, not to use lucky, but we feel lucky to be able to, like, tell the stories of all these people. Like, for, for, like authentically, though, not just yeah. write about them. Like, let them tell their stories. Not It's not my story. It's their story. And you have, you guys have, like, documented. We've done it. The truth. Yeah, we've tried, you know. We've, what do you want to say? You look like you're, you're, you're ready to explode over there, partner. <laughs> I mean... <sighs> When we talk about Venice and we talk about the longevity that Juice has had, 
what changes have you seen lately to Venice and Venice culture? And be real, don't fuck around. I, I won't fuck around, man. <laughs> so Venice is interesting. It's a fucking weird place because like every ten years, it feels like there's money, then there's no money. There's money, there's no money. Mm. But the consistency is, it's the streets. It's LA's backyard. So right. it's not owned by a private. It's not like Santa Monica that's privately owned and the grass is green and the cops are assholes just to be assholes. Like Venice is like. LA man so you have a whole mix of people that are super rich super poor super living on the street or just skating or trying to like live that like beach lifestyle lately though I mean the last seven years it was kind of fucked up because like I don't, I don't like to throw people under the bus but some companies came down and like kind of took over and tried to push out the locals and push out the local businesses and out like price everybody there, right? Trying to remove the, some of the culture. To, yeah, they moved. Abbott their f- Kinney look yeah. started looking different, right? Dude, I remember when I fuck man ninety nine. Like I remember the first person I met in in Venice was Jesse Martinez, and he mm. was like, "Don't fucking skate down Abbott Kinney after eight o'clock because that's ghost town over there. Like you don't want to fuck around. You're white. You're gonna fuck up, you know." And I was like, <laughs> "All right, yeah, for sure." Yeah. And then GQ magazine names it like the most. Whatever popular Prominent street in America, right? Overnight, that shit changed. You know, and it was like, <laughs> holy shit, the buildings there were, you know, boarded up, and now they're twenty five million dollars. You know, right? It's, it's crazy. Remember but, the old brig? Yeah, of course, man. Dude, Fuck, dude. I think I saw my first like fight in there that like <laughs> was like the weirdest bar fight because yeah. no one fucking stepped in. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it was like one on one. No one said shit. Dude got knocked out. Left him in the corner. His homie fucking came over, bought the dude who knocked him out a fucking round, and was like, yeah, he was fucking up, bro. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the guy fucking wakes up and starts drinking with everybody again. I was like, this place is amazing. Yeah, you know, like, that's yeah, how it should yeah. be. That's right, that's like, called yeah. dispute resolution. Yeah, bouncers out in front hitting on a chick, didn't care. You know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, 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 I was yeah. like, I love this fucking place. You know, it was yeah. great, man. And then... You know, it's, they sold it since, you know, recently. Yeah, it's, and it's fucking like, all different. It's like the 40-second eye roll on that. Yeah. But, but like, so, oh, yeah. so, so going off of that then, right? I mean, so when Juice started, it was a different media landscape. And Completely. You, yeah. So, so in, today's, in today's world, why, why does Juice continue to thrive? Why, what makes it different? And what is the struggle for a magazine now? Ooh. Or how is it different? That's a lot to unpack right there. Yeah, Let's we, can unpack we can unpack that. Like, unpack. I, think, yeah. I think the easy way to say it is, you know, back in the day when Juice first started, it was like, you know, razor blades and glue and blue lines, like things that like Xerox machines, like there was no computers, right? Right. So, no desktop publishing. So then mm. the major change came when computers came into the world. This is like, whatever. That, it is what it is, right? And then yep. desktop publishing started happening. So it was a little bit easier to produce the graphics and do stuff like that. But like print was still radio and television. Like mm-hmm. the three main mediums that have always kind of lasted were print, radio, and television. So then this is way pre-internet, pre-fax machines, all that shit, right? So then right, right. it's like, you know, print was the way to like, kind of have that conversation for the culture so that part's never changed but as the landscape changed throughout the years and the internet was invented and then everyone's like you gotta have friendster and you gotta have myspace and you gotta have you know social media (laughs) and all this shit started it's like you know whatever they have that song video killed the radio star it's Mm -hmm. like instagram killed the magazine star sort of like for some people but it Mm -hmm. didn't like if you the, the thing that set us apart is we're always really big on timeless content. So we don't date a lot of our stuff and all of our interviews are peer to peer. So it's like, 
you know, like you guys talking to each other. It's not like you can bullshit each other. So right. we have like Jay Adams interviewing Tony Alva, you know, so like they were there together, man. They can't fucking bullshit each other. Right, so, right, right. For, so culturally speaking, like you're documenting the history of skateboarding from the, the people that actually pioneered it. So like we're lucky enough to work with people like Jeff Ho and like Dibby Fletcher and Herbie Fletcher, like the first family of surfing. Yeah. And they're like, right. they fucking tell it like it is, man. You know, and like no one can rewrite it to their liking so that history can get changed for their fucking, you know, approval or you know, benefits, so to speak. So when you have like movies coming out and documentaries coming out, shit like that, it's like, you know, we, we're the facts, you know, if you guys want to reference real history, mm-hmm. we're not going to let you fucking, you know, polish it up and hand it off to somebody to fucking exploit it. Like, it's just not how it works. So we kind of have like a moral imperative to like make sure that skateboarding stays fucking raw and stays real and stays dangerous and stays rock and roll and stays hip hop and stays like, in the hands of skateboarders because it's like fuck all the rest of that you know like does that does that you know the way he's describing that yeah does that resonate with you on indian history yeah it does it really does because it really the way you describe it is protecting something to keep it sacred and real and true to what it is and it can get so changed and possible and mm-hmm. others people's influence of what they really want it to mean or mm-hmm. how they want it to come off. It just it, it almost does. sounded like Indian culture it, it protecting is, it. It is, but but like I almost liken it more to like what what Dan's saying about people wanting to polish it and then like commercialize it at a high level right. to be something like seen on you know amazon pink headdresses that anyone could buy and put them on and it, that's just fucking bullshit mm-hmm. right that's, that's just right. pure fucking bullshit so when you're saying that about like the history and, and but it's also dude the skateboard history does have a relationship with the american indian history too because skateboard history is also a little bit about taking this new environment that wasn't intended for you mm-hmm. And trying to find a way to make it your own. Absolutely. And using the environments that exist that were not made for us to play on and fucking using those as our canvases. So taking shit that's architecturally made to like a handrail to walk upstairs and we're turning it into performance art. Right. And and, and trespassing. And it's epic, you know? So like it's kind of like a big middle finger to like society when you go and skate at somebody's like property or some house or some backyard pool or because implied implied in those architectural those implied in those architectural decisions for the skaters is that this isn't for you right they're saying this is a pool it's meant for swimming or this is a rail it's meant for people to hold on to and it's for people who are going to come in here and buy an x y and z right it's not for some kid right to come and fucking skate in the pool when there's no (laughs) water or rail slider or rack his balls on the fucking right right it's not like that. And it's like, that's why I think there's so much crossover, like, with a lot of, like, skateboarding is kind of a tribal culture, if you will. Right. Like, same with surfing, same with, like, hip hop, same with, like, Surfing, which also yeah. did originate from uh, indigenous people in it Hawaii. It sure did. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And it's, that one's a weird one, because surfing kind of got, you know, homogenized. But it's also geographical. So you like you can't just surf everywhere. Right. You can fucking skate anywhere, man. Walk That's out, right. Walk outside, get it. You know? So Right. And now kind of going back to the print version of things. So now with Instagram and social media, anybody can kind of 
you know, <clears throat> present their world to the world, you know? So skateboarding <clears throat> embraced it early, you know? Like, skateboarders are always early adopters of technology, though. Like, I've always, like video. Always, yeah. Like, video, edit your own shit. Like, right. It's the ultimate teacher, man. Skateboarding is just like, fall, fucking get up. So don't, like, don't be afraid to fail forward, you know? Like, that's what we do. So when it comes to business or it comes to life or relationships and shit like that, skateboarding, to me, is the ultimate teacher of that. But for us, like... We feel kind of like we're custodians of the culture. Like we're not trying to guide the culture or tell people how to think, but we're definitely going to like let the people who live the culture speak their mind and people can learn from that however they want. I mean, some people don't agree with everything that people say. I mean, obviously that's, that'd be fucked up actually if everyone did, but like it's skating is very like cynical. It's very fucking difficult to do. It'll, it'll remind your ass every time you get on it. It's like, you know, you get some act right every time you skate, you're going to fall. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah. it's what you do with that, right? So right. <clears throat> so for us, keeping print going is kind of like skating because it's really fucking hard to do. And there's only a couple of us left in skateboarding that do print. So, But we still believe in it, you know? We still believe that this is a good radio station for our culture. And once it's in print and it's... You know, we fact check shit so we don't just print stuff. You know, like we actually check and see if the people are telling the truth or not. We let everyone see their interviews first to make sure they didn't say something. Like we don't like to use it for like talking shit about people or anything like that. Like we're more about talk about ideas, don't talk about people because that's mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know, yeah. kind of fucked up, I think. I don't know. I, I get more excited to talk about ideas than people. Like, But like, you know, television and programming and all the stuff that's like being thrown our way is very much like distracting of authenticity because they don't have authentic intention. So when what we're doing and everything we do has to have authentic intention or else it's, what's the point? You know, like we're not going to waste paper on bullshit. Bullshit. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. So like that's, that's our, our personal beliefs and how we do it, but not everybody does that. So it's fucking hard. Of course, man, you know, like, but, so, so skateboarding, Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Earbuds, you're hearing a man who's just talking about ideas, and <laughs> you may be sitting there thinking like, oh, you know, that's great, great for him, but you might not have any concept of the vast forest of interviews of amazing people that this guy oh, has had. I mean... Let's go through some. Come all, on. Right. all right, all right. <clears throat> Bring it, Chumon. All right. You interviewed... Shh. Everyone just calm the fuck down. <laughs> you interviewed... We man, <laughs> that was my first man. That was, I think, that was one of my first interviews that I did, honestly. And We Man was hilarious, dude. Like, we went and skated. So, like at the time, like he was on Dogtown. So it was like Jim Muir, you know Jim, yeah, obviously. Yeah. It was like Jim Muir, Eric Dressen. Mm-hmm. My first board ever was an Eric Dressen board. That's a whole other story. But and like We Man and one other dude and Jim Muir was taking the photos. Like I didn't even start shooting photos yet at this point. So we're like skating in Hermosa and like I meet Wee Man for the first time and like I, I could skate okay. So like we were skating together and I was just like, this dude's fucking hilarious, man. Like I don't even know. And he's just like, ask me anything. And so we're sitting, <laughs> we're sitting in like this fucking little cafe and this waitress comes up who's like, she was cute, you know? And he was like, I'm going to get her number for you and stuff. And I was like, this is my introduction to Wee Man, right? Mm. So he's totally hitting on this waitress for me. And I'm supposed to be interviewing him. And he wouldn't let me like interview him at the time because he was just like fucking with me. And I was like, oh my God, this is the hardest job on earth. Like, how do you get, how do you get the dude to like actually answer questions? Then eventually like he kind of did and it, but it was like, 
pre-Jackass. You know what I mean? So this is like... Right, so it wasn't like before. the known Wee Man. No, this was like little unknown Dogtown Wee Man, you know? Like, yeah. I, I didn't mean to say little, like, that was weird. But, like, he's <laughs> such a fucking good dude, though. You right. Know? And, like, he's really smart, and he's he'll fuck with you, you know? And, like, I understand Jackass now completely, because he... What do you mean? They just fuck with people, man. You know, they fuck with each other on film, but, like, in general... Like, everything's sarcasm. You know, like, everything. I mean, he cares about people and stuff. Don't get me wrong. Right, right. Man, he... Man, that was the first time I, like, walked away from an interview, and I was like, I don't know if I fucking got a good interview or not like it was one of my did first, you have so. like a fucking list of questions in your pocket and you're like I did we yeah. man wait hold on number two what's your favorite food like what was an important question that you wanted to ask we man i w- i wanted to know just because i'm a skater like how did you get your first sponsor and like what did it take for you to get into the position for people to see you as a skateboarder you know and like he of course was like, "Oh, dude, she's cute, right?" You know, like I was like, <laughs> oh, "Man, like." But he answered like he was he was really like forthcoming with his information, which I thought was cool because like I try to talk to people like from that level rather than like I, don't, I try not to ask like just boring questions if I can help it. But right. that was the first in person interview that I had done. Like everything else I had done on the phone. So I was like, I mean, I'm grateful for it. You know what I mean? He still calls me to this day. He calls me. Uh, because everyone knows me as like Juice Dan, so he calls mm. me uh, Jan from Deuce, like still to this day. <laughs> fucking, like that's who he is, though. It's hilarious, you know. And like he's, like, but he's gone on to do, you know, fucking epic shit, dude. You know, like Chronic Tacos and right Jackass. I mean, that's a big one, obviously. But Huge. Like, yeah, he's a he's. That was fun. That one, but that one was more skater to skater. But and then. He you blew, did. Yeah. You did. You interviewed George Clinton. Yeah, man. What's that like? What's it like to interview the Epic. great? I mean, he's so smart, man. Like, what? I think people kind of look at him like I don't know how to, how people see him, but like, he he's definitely been like on the road his whole life. Like, he doesn't own a house, as far as I understand, to this day. He still just travels all yeah. over the place. You know, where you lay your hat is your home kind of situation. Yeah. And he was just partying and like raging. I think I told you a little bit before, like, you know, they don't show up on time at concerts ever. And like, we were we were in New York, and Rockstar Games was launching Grand Theft Auto. It was their first game that they were launching, and it was supposed to be George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic. And like, KRS One was there because he's like a gamer dude. And so George Clinton was like two hours late. So KRS One <laughs> performed like. Just really? got on stage and just show must go went. on. It was so sick. Like I'm a huge hip hop fan, so I was like, "What the fuck's happening right now?" And then <laughs> George Clinton shows up, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm here." You know, whatever. And they're like, "Dude, we all gotta leave." You know, like, <laughs> it's bedtime. The bar owner's like, "Yo, I know it's New York, but it's 3 a.m. Man, we close in an hour." <laughs> right. And then the Funkadelics showed up like 20 minutes later, and they fully played to like five in the morning. It was insane. And, like, all the rock star people kind of left, but I had interviewed him on the phone, like, a week before that, and he remembered everyone's names. Like, he he meets you once and remembers you. So, like, to this day, like, when he comes through Venice, like, he'll call, because we never change our number. Mm-hmm. He'll be like, yeah, I'm in Venice, you know, it's Clinton, man. We're like, what the fuck, dude? You know, and he'll just be wherever he goes. <laughs> He's got That's family dope. everywhere. It's crazy, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. What's it like to interview Tony Hawk? Probably one of the most... Infamous, famous skateboarders, yeah, right of he's all time. Fucking smart, man. Is he? I think he's got a genius IQ. I think it really, like, I think that's actually true. You know, like, super smart, super calculated. Does not fucking mix his words. Like, if you ask him a question, he doesn't want to answer it. Professional 
you know, spin off or, or what is it, detour? Yeah. Like right. he'll he'll pivot. It was like super fast. Deflection. But he yeah. was he was really really honest and really cool because like it depends who's interviewing him, right? So yeah. if you're like a skater, like he's not going to BS you because you're a skateboarder, you know. But if you're like some whatever, somebody's like, oh, the nine hundred guy, you know, he's yeah. always like, yeah. oh man, come on, dude, you know what I mean? Like, but he's like, as far as I'm concerned, like. I've heard, you, you hear a lot of different things about Tony Hawk, but I can say two things absolutely. He's given back to skateboarding more than probably most skaters will ever fucking give back to skateboarding, straight up. Like, builds skate parks uh-huh. all over the freaking country, puts money in people's pockets when they need it, like, supports people in ways that most people will never see. Uh-huh. And he, he did it all from skateboarding. He's never sold himself out. Like, it was like, oh, we made all this money. I was like, as a skateboarder. Like, right. He didn't make money as a rollerblader. He made money as a skateboarder. Not so as he, an actor. Yeah. Not as I a mean, player. yeah, he doesn't sell out. He sells up. You know, I mean, mm. the guy, he's freaking super smart, man. And his family, his sister and his brother, they're all like really intelligent people, man. And like, I, I'm a fan of Tony, man. Like, What is the difference yeah. between, because you also, you interviewed Helmet. Yeah, I love Paige from Helmet. Dude, he's so rad. It, You know, it trips me out. Honestly, you're like bringing up stuff. You did some research. I pre- that's pretty sick, dude. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, Cause like in Brooklyn for a while, like Helmet used to rehearse above us. And like, when you're a kid, you listen to stuff and you're like, okay, like th- I don't know. It's like your favorite band, and then you meet them, and you're like, fuck. Like they're either gonna be total dicks or they're gonna be amazing. And like Helmet, like Paige is amazing, dude. He like scores movies now. Like that's. You know what I mean? But their helmet was so tight when they played. You know, right. like they're like, that was their thing. Like dead fucking as an audio person, you know, dead on. Like they right. don't have metronomes. They don't have like they're just it's in their heads and like it's insane. Like they're just on, on, on precision. But then when he talks, he's like the most mellow guy ever. And you're just like, dude, you're so yeah, intense yeah, when you play yeah. on stage and you're so yeah. mellow when you're not. But he's he's really smart too. Like. He's definitely a driving force. What's the difference between interviewing skaters and musicians for you? Like, do you take a different strategy? Do you always ask the same questions? What do you do? What's your... I'm trying to learn how to interview. I don't know. It's it's case by case, right? So I believe that if you're interested in what the person does, Mm -hmm. then you... Yes, you should prepare with questions if you can. But if you can have a real conversation with somebody and like... I think connect with people is the most important part that I've learned from interviewing people. Cause I mean, there's certain points where, okay. So if you're interviewing like a really famous person and they've been interviewed by fucking 9 million people, mm-hmm. right? It, like, you know, you don't want them to be like, yeah, you know what I mean? So you <laughs> yeah. got You want to like have, con- I like to have conversations with people, you know, yeah. and like make people laugh and like fucking get them off their game a little so that they're comfortable enough to like open up to you. And like, it just depends on the line of questioning. But if like, if an artist has a new record coming out, they're getting interviewed by like 70 or 80 different journalists, right? So like you just want to stand out, I think, a little bit. Like you guys are super cool. So like if somebody comes in here, they're going to feel like, okay, I'm not being interviewed by fucking, you know, ABC News at six in the morning. Right. Doing, I hope my not. Ne- check out my new record, <laughs> man. It's fucking, you know, like so. Here's the cutoff yeah. of Sting's new album. Right. And it's it's mutual respect, I take think. Take it away. Too. <laughs> yeah, take it away. Take no. it away. <laughs> but it's hard. Musicians and skaters are very similar, though, because they're, they're fucking painfully creative, right? So to make an album or to write a record or to skate, like you have to go through hell to get to like the creative process that you feel is, that you can share with the world. So I think we all share that same drive and pain that like you can tap into and relate to. And mm. I think that's for me, that's what I like to try to do. But yeah. 
doesn't always work. You know what I mean? They're not all winners, man. But I don't know. It's fun. You know, fuck. How often do you get to talk to your heroes? Like, in, you know? yeah, yeah. Right. Like, Every Friday yeah. night, I get I to mean, talk to my do. hero. Yeah. <laughs> Big luck. Straight up, yeah. though. Yeah, no, dude. I, I, I mean, I, I'm trying. I agree with with a lot of it. I think either you're interested in the work that you're doing, either mm-hmm. you're interested in these people, you're interested in the process of, you want to hear the stories yourself, you want to meet the people yourself. Yeah, um, it's important to you. I think. I think for somebody that's done it as long as you've done it, um, there's a big reason to it. It's a lot more than... I think there's people that are... It's just like podcasting. Sure. There's people that are doing podcasts because they want to be Joe Rogan. They want to make a bunch of money. They want to, Whatever it might be. Sure, whatever. Or they're, or yeah. they're trying to get to that road. Mm-hmm. And the podcast is all about... The views, uh, how many, right. where are we at, and when is the check, and how are we going to fucking do it? And then there's us right? who just we just show up, bro, because we want to hear, we want to ask, we yeah. want to know, and we want our people to know. You know what I'm saying? Right. And there's not an end, there's not necessarily an end goal to the thing. There isn't a, a monetary place that we're going to hit where we're like, ah. Oh, Right. Did it. No, that's oh. why it's dope. Like um, that comes I, back to intention. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that we're just having a conversation with somebody that's kind of like us. Straight. You up. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That and and I, I think it kind of drips from there. You know, if, I, if there's a real interest, if there's a real intent. Absolutely. And I think that translates across to any level of an artist. Sure. Right? Sure. So sure. Most of the people we interview are creatives. So like, there's always going to be a common denominator. And and like, yeah. I mean, okay. So the podcast thing, like. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I mean, there's people that think they're going to do one podcast. They got like a superstar on their podcast and they're going to be like huge and they're going to be like, it's not how it works, man. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're not sincere and you're not authentic, like people will see that shit and they'll hear that shit. You know what I mean? And like, they won't connect. They they won't connect. What you're talking about. And I even think like sometimes it's even, it might not even be like what is being said, but how it's being said. So that For when sure. people are yeah. listening to it, they can hear how you're talking in natural rhythms or you're sounding like their friends or what conversations that they've had with other people, which brings out different dimensions. Sure. Like, can you get into somebody's head enough to where they feel comfortable that they can share the third or fourth word after the sentence that they've given everybody else? Exactly. You know? Like, can you get to that? Because if you can get to that... Then you're having a real conversation, conversation, right? You know, and that, and it comes back to like, what are you going to use it for? What are your intentions for doing this podcast? Like, why are you doing it to make money? Are you doing it to build a brand? Are you doing it to like, blah 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 blah? There's a million reasons why people do podcasts, but then yeah. there's the ones that are like, real as shit. You know, where like, okay, if this gets a hundred views, whatever, we had a fucking amazing conversation. Yeah. If it gets a million oh, yeah. views, cool, a, lot, a million people got to hear our dope ass conversation. I hope you know, but like, it doesn't. It doesn't translate to money and sales and all that brand building stuff unless that's really what you're doing, right? I mean, and then if you already have a brand or you're like, you're a personal brand, you're a personal brand, then you also have brands. But like, <laughs> it's it's respect, right? So yeah. when someone, when you speak, I'm going to fucking listen to what you have to say because I, I mean, you know who he is, right? right? So it's like, obviously anybody that comes in here already has enough respect for like, 
okay, I'm I sure doing, hope so. I'm doing this because of you. I'm not right, doing right, this right, for like especially big. Yay, left. we're gonna get a bunch of views and I'm gonna get some Instagram likes and shit. Who gives right. a fuck, man? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I guess Steve, you have to give a fuck. Steve, I don't know. Like, big Lex, what? What is your purpose for doing the hard luck show? Like, oh, we're what? gonna turn the tables. No, I'm not. I just no, he brought up a good point. I I think I know what mine is. But I want to know. Yeah, what do you? I mean, oh, I mean, listen. Come on. Ultimately, I felt like I have a lot of friends that I think are cool. Right? I think they're cool. I think their personalities. I think their stories are cool. Now, a lot of my friends, yeah, there's some that have done well in life, and they. You know, I don't know. I don't know. They're popular, maybe you could call them. Right. But I have a lot of friends that people are never, ever going to meet. Maybe they're guys that have killed somebody. Maybe they're guys that have been away for dope for a long time. Maybe it's Porky, who nobody knows. He's just my older homie. And I love him, dude. He's the coolest motherfucker. Or it's Diablo. And I wanted <laughs> to create a platform where I could share my, who I think is cool, the people I care about in life, whether they're popular or you want to hear or not, I wanted to get their stories out. I wanted them to have a place to come and share stories that I find are cool as fuck, that I like. Yeah. And so me having the podcast and being the front man of it, yeah. I feel like there were enough people looking at me like, that dude's, what he's into is cool. Yeah. Right? So if he's bringing on Porky, then I want to hear what's up with Porky. They must be like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I felt like I had that leverage. So I'm going to create this thing because I wanted a place to record and have all these conversations with my friends. And I thought if one, people want to hear it, great. And if not, I get to bullshit all day with my homies and get the shit recorded and I can listen to them anytime I want. Right. That's why I did this podcast. Oh, Her, blue eyes? Great answer. Why did you do this podcast? I mean, what are you? What is your I mean, intention? Serious? Don't make a joke. This isn't funny. No, I always <laughs> wanted to do a pod. I mean, I wanted to do a podcast before we even talked about it. Right? It's like a project of like, it's almost like documentary filming, right? Right. Yeah. But yeah. In, in my wheelhouse, it's like audio. I'm I'm more. I'm not I'm not a visual guy. I don't shoot a lot of video, you know. That's not my, now you my do. forte. Now, yeah, you now do. I do. Mm-hmm. Out of necessity. Right, right. But and I love it. It's fun. But and I also get to hear so like when I come in here and I get to hear like like parts of history and parts of yeah. like of of psychology and philosophy and like all these different things that I don't get to experience in real life and like different perspectives that people bring to the table, especially people that have been places that I haven't been to in mm-hmm. prison and, you know, in, in, in locations and, and certain times. And like those people are all, it's like, it's like curating something that I just never would ever, ever, ever have the chance to experience. Mm-hmm. Right. So and nice. Like living Another good right. answer. You guys Fuck. are full. Of, all right, your turn. Now your turn. Pumpkin, <laughs> pumpkin lips. So I was pumpkin butt. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, there's a real pumpkin butt out there. You're not pumpkin butt. <laughs> but go ahead, pumpkin head. It's very. It's a perky ass for a guy. Yeah, it is. I will say that. <laughs> um, for me, you know, it's like two part for me. I'll say this. One is I am interested in finding pieces of people that we didn't expect to find. So I like going in places or or whatever in the interview process to get an answer that you might not have heard before. And I'm interested in exploring that 
and seeing different sides of people. And then I also just like fucking talking. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, Chumon likes to hear himself talk. <laughs> I just like great. fucking talking. Talkin'. Yeah. I can raise That's that. good. I That's talk honest. all fucking day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, from four, whatever, all the way down to like midnight. 10. Yeah. I'm yeah. fucking, I got a million different people. My whole life, what? Do you, lips. do you talk to yourself? He, you, yeah, you have to. No. Come I mean, on. My, no, no, no. I swear to God, I don't like drive and be like, oh. Chuma, <laughs> what the fuck you doing? <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Don't I know what I'm doing. You're not having full on conversations with yourself when you're alone. You don't practice no, 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 like no. bits. But, but, like... but, I have, but I have been accused of talking to myself with other people. We're like, oh, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. The question, they right? don't even need to talk. They yeah. just need to sit there and yeah, hear yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Run a full interview and they right, have But if I don't have an audience, right. I don't need to talk. Okay, okay. No, no, no. And, and dude, that's been like that since day one of my sit birth. Sit down and listen. Yeah. yeah, from day one of my birth. Absolutely been yeah. that way. That I've thought about this on my own where I've been like, maybe I'm like a sort of like a bat where it's like echolocation. Like I'm using talking to <laughs> give shape to the world. Right. Right. Like right. that's how I f- the vibration that comes back. <laughs> you know where you're going. You absolutely talk to yourself, dude. There's no way after that statement. That right. <laughs> it's true. Right. I, I, I in mean, your head. In my head I do. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying it's an insult. It's no, great. no, no. Awesome. I don't know. But in my head, I, in my head sometimes. It never goes off. That was amazing. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Permutation. I can but, relate, by the way. I talk a lot too. Not this second, but like. No, I, we can tell. I and do, it's no, good. I, do, it's I, good. I, I but, fucking uh, talk a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this dude was like a mesmerized listening to you talk. He's like, damn, this dude talks more than me. I talk no, a lot. No, I probably I was, do. I actually probably do. I was listening <laughs> to the connectors. I was listening to when you were speaking, Dan, and you were kind of moving off of a subject in your connectors and then where you would pick back up to a slightly adjacent subject and then you would work that one out. Oh, you got the technique. He, man. So, so when you're interviewing somebody, like just in my personal opinion, is like, okay, so if somebody doesn't answer a question that you want to ask them, yeah, you go around and come back like a fucking lawyer in a courtroom, if you will, right? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you go back later when they feel more comfortable with you. He does all that. Then re-ask the question. I mean, let's right? be like, honest, man. That shit's hard to do. This though. dude's a right. fucking attorney, bro. Yeah. He's I, got like... He knows how to interrogate. He knows how to like. He, 
He knows how to finagle and get your juices flowing, get you to talk on shit, knows when to <laughs> signal. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, an art to that shit. There though. is an art yeah. to it. He's really, yeah. really good at it. It's psychology. I mean, if when you hear that, if you were to maybe capture or get this guy giving like closing testimony on some shit, <laughs> yeah. you'd be like, fuck. This dude, get this dude representing me now. Convinced, you know? my cousin. So, yeah, over absolutely, here. yeah, absolutely. Times ten. Yeah. <laughs> so he brings that. He brings that to the show. He also brings uh, a lot of intelligence. I mean, me and Sean are, are sharp guys, but like this guy's fucking super intelligent. No, I listen to a couple. Yeah. He I brings know. he brings shit to the table that and he'll Google shit. Dude. Yeah, and, I appreciate and he's that. able to unpeel shit yeah. and, and go deep on things and. It works, man. That's it cool because you guys have like a team. Like, yeah. We, normally, when we do our stuff, like, so I do, like, we do kind of live shows at our spot and the in the in the on the we live on the boardwalk in Venice, not literally, but in a building Hi. on the boardwalk. Yeah, and like, Hi. I, it's really difficult to have a co-host. I gotta just give you guys credit right now because it's really fucking hard to do that because like. Egos come into play, you know, like sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys bounce. Oh, we've, had, we've had a couple of those. Sure, but you bounce really well off each other, and, like, you, you keep he somebody... He butt hurt when I shut him down. Like, sometimes <laughs> I got to fucking shut this guy fucking but down. Then, but then the Bro, game, I'm like, yeah. I'm part of the fucking show. Can <laughs> I fucking ask a fucking question? But then Jeez. the guest is like, you got to... Then we're like, oh, shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's actually yeah. a fucking good tactic. I think you know? I was like, thinking about this. Part of the reason is, so t- there's, there's, like, part... Part of the formula why I think it works is Sean's a shut in, so he's quiet right, most of right. the time. Oh yeah, introvert. And then and then and then Big Lux <laughs> and I are in kind of separate lanes, right? I mean, okay. in a certain way, sure. there's certain similarities we have, but we have separate pieces of of whatever the puzzle is. And so there's times where I can see myself drifting into something. And I have to look at Big Lux and be like, "Am I saying that right? I'm not exactly sure because I'm not part of." Whatever that is, and Steve can pick it up and be like, "Yeah, well, no, you know, and then whatever." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why yeah, was yeah, that yeah, funny? Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, well, no, because he, no, he's not going to mince words. You know what I mean? Like uh, everybody knows, everyone knows you. So it's like, <laughs> if you want to get an honest answer, just fucking ask him any question. He's gonna, he's not going to fucking lie to there's kick been it, a, you. Know there's been mean? a few so, times on the show too where we've yeah. had someone from like his sector or whatever we'll call it, let's say, right? Yeah. And I might have asked a question that went a little too far, yeah, and, then, yeah. and then Steve will be like, "Yeah, we don't need to answer that right now." <laughs> like, he knows, <laughs> he knows exactly where yeah, the line right, is. Yeah. yeah, but over time, you. have Kind of figured it out a little to bit. Figure it out, like right. Exactly. What was the crime? Who were they with on? <laughs> no, it's kind of endearing but, though. If you don't know, like I, fi- I well, find myself <laughs> maybe not, about a hundred shows in. It not is. in that. <laughs> not, not in that world. Maybe uh, yeah, yeah, like that world. It's not. Man, I've had some, fuck. Man, I've had, <laughs> I've had some times in Venice where I've been like, oh, sh- don't say that. You know what I mean? Like, what's fucking, the worst? Oh, inter- what's the worst interview? Like, worst fuck interview. up snafu that you did. Oh man, shit. There's been a there's been a couple, but like one is when it doesn't record, and you're fucked. You know, like so. We, it's oh. only happened to us two times in the in entire thirty year history, and one of them was Joan Jett with Steve Olson. Oh and the fucking, no! Shit. The fucking tape <sighs> cut like it was a micro cassette recorder at the time, right? So it right. wasn't digital, right? And it just fucking didn't record. And so thankfully Joan Jett's like a super good friend of us and right. stuff. So she was she was like, We're not doing that again this week. Well, I'm going on tour, I'll do it when we get back. And then they did it again. And the other one was fucking Jay Adams and Mike Muir. And oh, like that was God. the one that was like 
Oh, man, th- those are the only two that's happened. I mean, shit happens though. Like that's the thing. Like, but you could you never we, recreate. We you, we never recreate because it's a conversation at the time, right? right. So, and then, um, oh man, it happened one other time too with Ray Barbie and Christian Asoy, and it was like. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> fuck, dude. I was like, no, 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 no. And Ray's like a jazz. Like, he's like jazz, man. Like, he, he skates like a jazz musician. He plays music like a jazz musician. Yeah. So they were flowing in the interview. So he didn't want to redo it because it was like, no, he did it. You know what I mean? Right. So <sighs> it's been a few years and they're going to do it again. But it was like, you know, it's just like you it went down. Report, yeah. And like, those are like, you know, fuck, man. That, it, three, that, that was the only three I remember now, like in 30 years. You know what I mean? So, let me like, tell you something, bro. We happens, had, you know, probably one of the most hysterical, <laughs> greatest interviews ever with a young man that had stage four cancer. Lion. Talking oh. to Lion, Lion Haran. Shout out to Lion. Big shout out. And he. I mean, this guy's situation is level four. Right. But what he's taking you through is absolutely hysterical. Sick. With his bag falling Colostomy out. Colostomy bag, bag falling out. Yeah. And it was just. It was the best. It was the best. The bro. chemistry was all right. It was, it it was, was yeah. dude. It was somebody fucking that's dying of cancer. Yeah. Having you in tears. Like, <laughs> when do you that. get that? Never. When do you ever get that? Never. Yeah. No, that's young, sick. Yeah. And, uh, and fucking somehow he's the not whole motherfucking he's thing not looking didn't at get you. recorded, bro. He's not looking at you. Huh, Sean? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. it's going to happen. It, it's no, no, no. Happen. I'm not it's talking, happen. but it happened on the greatest interview ever, though. It happened. Uh, I mean, right? It, so, okay, I don't feel bad. Every day, listen, like, no. And then we but, tried. And then we tried. And then we, we tried. tried. We, we tried, tried to, to recreate it. it. Oh, you can't do dude, it, dude. It was it nothing. It was nothing, man. You can't do it. It's magic. It was like dead. Yeah, like, it's. You didn't get it. It's fucking. It was magic like the interview had cancer. Oh, That's dude, it yeah. was bad, bro. We had to like get off of it because it just wasn't working. Yeah, it's dude, bumming everyone out. Yeah, yeah, you just can't. Do, you can't recreate the magic sometimes. No, man. Yeah. It's, like, it's insane. And you know yeah. what? And I look at that now, though. Sean, bu- bullshit aside, I look at that now as like it wasn't meant to be recorded. Right. That that wasn't meant to be recorded, man. That was meant to be an experience. That was like a gift, bro. It was a jewel. That that moment we got to be taken there with him, and it wasn't privy for everybody's ears. It right, was special for us mm. at that moment. Hey, it was because we all heard it. You know what I'm saying? Right. He was even fucking bummed out, yeah. bro. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, was really it was special, hard. man. You know. Um. But that was like uh, one of those things where it just if it was meant to be recorded, it would have been for sure. You know. I wonder what some of the greatest bum outs are of all time from not hitting. That would be interesting. Right, like that would be interesting. Like a Jimi Hendrix solo, or like some John Coltrane shit that brought everyone to tears. Dude, we asked Lemmy. Jimmy Page was in my house playing. (laughs) Oh fuck! This happened to Lemmy from Motorhead. So like when we, we went to like so whenever anytime Motorhead released a new record, you would go and listen to the record with the band in a hotel room. Fucking hilarious, right? So like, (laughs) we went once with Steve Olsen. And he is, he's interviewing Lemmy. They're fucking drinking, you know, because it's Jack and the Cooks, so Lemmy. Right. I was driving. Lemmy. Yeah, so I couldn't drink. So, <laughs> like, they're, you know, the fucking drummers playing drums on the bed. You know what I mean? And Lemmy's like, oh, yeah, this song right here is called Smiling Like a Killer. You know, and we're like, <laughs> sick. He's like, yeah, because the first time we fucking played it, they didn't fucking record it. You know, and he was, like, all pissed off. So I renamed it Smiling Like a Killer and stared at the engineer the entire time I sang the song. And it was, like, the sickest story because he's, like, my first take was the one. That was it. You know, and like, and he was fucking brilliant with music. Yeah. Like, Lemmy, you could sit there and wasted as he might have been. Like, he would tell you, like, 
oh yeah, that Beatles record, the producer wasn't there that day. That's why the hi-hat sounds louder on that side because the producer that day moved it to the right instead of the left. So you hear it through the speaker differently than, I mean, he knew all Is kinds of- Is that how you hear shit over Dude, it's was? crazy. Like, what? Do you hear it like that? Like when some, when you're listening to records or podcasts, can you hear like, oh, there's a fucking, there's a- Somebody fly. opened a beer can yeah, in the corner. Yeah, there's a fly in the corner. Do you hear shit like that? Uh, I try to. <laughs> you can though. Yeah. You can hear if a hi-hat's on the right or left though. Yeah. Right? And like, he was just full of like useless musical information. That sounds awesome. Wasted. But he, that whole song he like I took a photo of him that day like I was like show me the face you made when you were singing that song to the producer you know and he was it was fucking Lemmy dude you know and it was like Smiling Like a Killer is the name of the fucking song you know what I mean and he's like just staring down the producer because he fucking didn't record the first take. You know what I mean? It's like, it happens to everybody at some when point, did you right? Tran- like, when did you add photography to your repertoire? Ooh, necessity, man. Same thing. You know, it's like, I was in situations with the magazine where I was having access to things that you wouldn't normally get access to because we have right. media passes to things. And so Terry, who started the magazine, was like, you should just start shooting photos, man. Like, we're missing all these opportunities. You mm. know what I mean? So... My friend Pat Myers, who was shooting surfing, actually, at Pipeline, gave me his old Canon camera and gave me like a 10-minute lesson on like how to load the film and here's what exposure means, here's what this means. I was like, okay, fuck, whatever. So like, I, I just learned you know, on film to begin with, which is expensive. and Right. Yeah, I mean, very. it was rad, but fuck. You know what I mean? And then I just started picking it up, man. You know what I mean? It's kind of like... It's not like every photographer like doesn't go to school for photography and they become whatever, but photography for me was another way of interviewing somebody, but in a moment, right? Did you so, say that was? Did you say that was your first picture ever? This picture was the first photo ever shot at the Venice Park. Really? So hold that up for the guys. Yeah. So that's Jesse Martinez, who you know, Jesse. Yeah. Um, Jesse's our fucking. That's bad. Dude, what can, ass, what can you, you say about Jesse? So we couldn't grind because there's no coping. Yeah. Wow. So you couldn't grind. You couldn't do like any. So we had to do airs and inverts only. Okay. And the flat bottom wasn't poured all the way yet. So, but that was like our gift to ourselves. So we figured like, we thought, you remember the old Venice Pavilion, of yeah. course. I mean, this fucking place was yes. legendary. Yes. So when the pavilion we found out was getting torn down, this guy Jerry Lewis, um, who's, <laughs> you know, I'm sure you know Jerry Lewis. His real name is Todd, but he went by Jerry Lewis, and he's like, <laughs> Venice to Venice can be like, got shot in the head, like was in the in the fucking military, came back from the military, got in a fight over on Epic Kinney back in the day, and some dude like shot him in the head. So he's got like a metal plate in his head. What? So sometimes we would be like, oh, the metal plate's going off, or whatever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's full Venice, you know what I mean? Yeah. But he was driven, man. Once that they found out that the the pavilion was getting torn down, him and Jesse were like. We need a fucking skate park in Venice. This is where skateboarding was basically invented, right? Right. Like, so we fought our asses off as a community, which is one of my favorite things about Venice is like, not to segue, but it's the most dysfunctional fucking family I've ever seen in my life and I wouldn't want it any other way. Right. But poke that family and you're getting fucking people that you don't want against you. And I'm talking an army, as you're very well aware. So, right. Like, once you go out of Venice with all your Venice people and someone fucks with one person, it's like Tony Alva used to say, you mess with one bean and get the whole burrito. You know what I mean? Right. Kind of thing. And it was like, it was gnarly. Like, I, I've, I've seen it, but I never lived it. So I knew that, like, A, we're skateboarders, so we're not going to fucking give up. There's no way. B, the city, you know, there was a lot of noise around, like, 
the LA Kings hockey hockey team wanted to put a hockey rink down there. They had fucking millions of dollars in lawyers and shit. And we we're like, we don't fucking play hockey, dude. Like, you know, right. you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> like hockey. there was a movie made like made in Venice. You know, Block Block was like, we don't yeah. play hockey. This is Venice, you know. And it was like, right. that's the truth, though, right? And that pavilion is where fucking Jesse Martinez and Nottis basically invented street skating, like. Christian Asoy, the story goes that Christian Asoy went back to Florida to see Rodney Mullen skate, and he showed them how to do an ollie stationary without without rolling. Christian comes back to Venice, shows it to Jesse and Nottis. Nottis always over a Pepsi can, skateboarding changed forever, you know. And then the fire hydrant that's still there. But then Jesse and Nottis invented wall rides in the pavilion. So like, you know, you talk about like POP Pier, which is like the Zephyr team originally. They fucking took skating and slammed it into the ground, made it cool, thank God. You know what I mean? And like style is everything. Hasoy took it with Jesse and Nottis and started street skating. And so they made it accessible to everybody from the walls of that pavilion. So no fucking way are we going to not let them put a skate park down there. So like I learned so much about Venice and community and people and resilience and like patience and impatience and political bullshit you know yeah. and ironically the people that had our back the most get that skate park built were the fucking cops in venice which i would never think to my what was their ever. deal what was they were line? like oh yeah we want a skate park because then we'll know where all you guys are you know like right it was fucked up <laughs> but it, fish we're like hell. yeah cool all right yeah join our fucking cause whatever dude you know what i mean and like and then this there's one city council member whose kid um skated and like he was in Santa Monica and the lady next door kept calling the cops. So he was like, why isn't there any skate parks here? And they found out that we had this in the process. And they, the other council member was trying to, he was in the pocket of the Kings, you know, so, which we caught him on, by the way. Fucker. You, you caught yeah, him? Yeah, we caught him, dude. Because we're not, <laughs> we're skateboarders, man. Like we're, we're computer people. We're fucking gangsters. We're fucking street people. We're, we're every level. We're like fight club. We're fucking everywhere, dude. We're, you know, clean food or not, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you come into skateboarding, you're getting blue collar to white collar. So we had a lot of people, you know what I mean? That could right. do things. So everybody played their role like a band, you know, like, okay, you're going to, you're going to deal with the city cause you're professional. So you're the drummer, you know, like Jerry and Jesse, you guys are the ones you're fighting the cause. You're the singers. You know what I mean? Like if you want to relate it that way, but like, then we got the park built and you know, Tonan, dude. So Tonan, dude, oh my God. Tonan had the fucking best shit ever. He convinced the city somehow for him to do security mm-hmm. while they were building the park. So he had his RV on the beach for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Front and center. Like he had the best property in Venice for like a year and a half. Only like, if you know Tonan, he's the only person I know that could pull that off, dude. It was insane. Like he's got the gift of gab, dude. And he convinced the city to let him do security. <laughs> Sidebar, but it was insane. And then this was like, <laughs> The first day that the concrete was dry enough in the pool to skate it. So Jesse was like, all right, you guys, like, we're going there at 6 a.m. Like, this is going to be our gift to ourselves of, like, we're going to be the first ones to skate it and shoot it. So it was myself and Block was there as well. And it was, like, fucking magical day. There's, like, in this photo, there's, like, Hasoy's in there, Bennett Harada's in there, Tonehead's back there, and Lance Lamont's there, and Block's right here. And it was, like... It's one of those days, it was overcast, marine layer hadn't burned off yet. You know, yeah. it was like one of those fucking mornings where you're just like, we're going to get in so much fucking trouble for this. We do not give a fuck, though. You know, so that was, you know, the rebar still, I mean, it was magical. But like Venice, like, I don't know. It was this place, man. It was something fucking about Venice. It's like, I call it, I may be speaking on a term, but it's like blue voodoo is kind of what we call it. Like, you can't leave there and not 
want to go fucking back there. It's like, it's impossible, man. It's just, it's never, and we live right on the boardwalk, so it's like never ending, like bullshit, you know, like <laughs> never ends. Like if you think you're like having a bad day, just walk to the balcony and you're like, yeah, no, nah, man, I'm good. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Like that dude's having a way worse day than me. And like, <laughs> but that's still worse. the homie at the same time. You know what I mean? Like it's humanity at, at all costs. So it's like, Everybody has something to offer the world. You just got to figure out what they have to offer when they can offer it. Like a lot of the people that are homeless down there and a lot of people look at them as they're like, oh, fucking homeless. Like, dude, the war is not on homeless people, bro. That's a distraction. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people are out there not because they want to be. Some are. Some are like, yeah, I want to live the fucking bohemian homeless lifestyle. Cool. Like have right. at it, dude. You know what I mean? Like just be respectful. We're all good with it. But like it's it's a dip. You see it in Venice like like no other place in the world maybe that i've been at least in america you know like obviously the climate's good enough to be homeless but yeah i think that that can play a lot it plays a lot but there's also like this like humanity value thing right so when tourists come there and they're like oh look at all the fucking dirty venice people and it's like well you come here for that you know what i mean it's like when these big ass companies came to venice and like try to be like, yeah, it's cool, it's hip, it's like our spot, and then they fucking try to change it. You know what I mean? It's like, you came here for this, and now you're trying to change it. So, like, we didn't have any music venues in Venice for fucking forever. I think there's, like, two now, maybe? Like, the Venice West, I guess, just opened, and, like, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. Waterfront just got their cabaret license, and thank God, because, like, we can do bands there now. But, like, that place was built on... You know, suicidal, infectious yeah, grooves. Absolutely. You know, dilated peoples, like right. the doors, like every genre of music came out of that fucking cluster of humanity, you know? And it's like they're just trying to, you know, wash it away, but we're not going to let them, dude. You know what I mean? That's the one thing, like, I, I've learned, and I, I look at Lucky a lot like this is like, you know, don't yell at the streets. You know what I mean? Fucking listen to the streets. And if you don't do that, they're going to fucking come and smack you in the fucking back of your head. You know what I mean? And it's and it's not going to be pretty, you know? And, like, Venice is always keeps you on your toes. You know what I mean? But if you have, a like, a finger into the culture of the community, anywhere in the world that you operate, whether you're going to do, like, a brand or you're going to do, you know, whatever you want to do with your life, if it's a creative endeavor, you cannot do it alone. Like, you know, everyone's sure. like, oh, self-made millionaire. Like, bro. Yeah. There's no such thing as a fucking self-made. I mean, like you had to have somebody helping you at some point or you've reached your hand out or they've reached their hand out. It's a team effort. It's a community over commerce situation. Like, yeah. and if you're, you're just in it for the commerce, then you're not going to be part of the community, you know? Mm, so I think right. when we, it goes back to the podcasting thing, like what is your intent? You know what I mean? This podcast is a community over commerce podcast, in my opinion. I mean, like, look at the people you've had on this. It's like, we're not doing this because, oh yeah, like yeah, man, we're going to make so much money off all these views, bro. It's like, right. no, let's kick some real shit to people that think that way, that don't understand that's not how it works. And let me let us tell you how it works. It's a four-letter word called fucking work. Mm. You know what I mean? Man, yeah, that's, that's it. true. Yeah. You know what I mean? And consistency. Work. Like consistency. I mean, for yeah. for us, the biggest lesson that we, or what we've been through is that you you got to show up consistently over mm-hmm. time in order to create something that is a space for people to go to and sure. that they can start to rely on yeah it's going to be there yeah. monday wednesday friday yeah yeah it's going to be there it's the hardest thing to do by the way that's what like uh, where it's hard for us because there's only a couple of us so like oh yeah we have all these ideas and we want to do something and we're like uh we do it once or twice and we're like oh fuck everyone wants more and then it's like oh but it's not on at seven on two you know like you guys are 
this is the hardest part is consistency, man. And like you guys got it, and I'm stoked. Like, I hope I didn't talk. <laughs> hope I didn't talk too much, but I'm just like, you didn't talk I'm, too much. I'm super no, hyped no. to be here. We're, like, we're you know, talking no. the same language. Yeah, no, it's cool, man. Right? Like, yeah, and I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like. What you guys, you know, what you do with your regular life and all that other stuff, I can say regular life, but like with the brands and all the other stuff is like, it's really cool to, for you to allow people into this type of world because it's not like, it's not all the glitz and glam, you know, it's not like cookies is fucking amazing. It's global. It's huge. It's famous, but it's fucking made by people. It's not, yeah. it's not a product. It's yeah. a fucking cultural fucking, you know, billboard, That's true. right? It's a yeah. different... Yeah, Th that culture, the cannabis culture, is a culture. It's mm -hmm. not like, you know, of course, all the rich people are trying to come in and do whatever. Of course, and that happens because it's new money. But it's like, you're not gonna fucking, you're not gonna kill the culture. Like right. skateboarding, no fucking way are they gonna kill this culture. But it's it operates in the streets. I got you know a question. I mean? It's like yeah. good luck. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I got yeah. a question related yeah. to skateboarding, and it's off topic a little bit. But I've always wondered, where did the word poser come from? Ooh, that's a great question. That I don't have the answer to you because that, that's like that <laughs> was when I was a I great was, question. Dude, I was the worst skater. All right, I was exactly what you were talking about. I was I, first of all, I was fat. All right, and I never I tried to ollie my ass off, couldn't, couldn't. I had my first board was a Nash board, right? Sick. Yeah, but not at the time it wasn't. Would you have like the fluorescent pink? I, it was, and it was like concave the yeah. long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I right, like I've fallen off. Yeah, I didn't know shit about Nate. trucks. My great. first board was a fucking black knight. Sick. What is that? That's, yeah, see? That's, see? That one of those boards literally just sold on eBay for fucking 15 grand. Really? Wow. Or, like, not scratched original. Right. Black Knight, that's a dude. Black Knight, dude. Yeah, that's my boy. Super five, OG, five, right? 5 from Thrifties. <laughs> then it was a GT. It was a GT. The I fish the GT. Volterra? That's insane, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you had the Volterra? Yeah, the, like, the one from, uh, what was that? Back to the Future. Oh, no Same shit. One. That yeah. was the Madrid board. What was it? Yeah, Madrid made those. But it was Volterra. It was yeah. the same. Yeah, the best that, that I could muster was Vision fucking streetwear fucking shorts. Yes. That was as close as I got to fucking being a cool skater fuck. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. This guy, Salmon, was actually a pretty good skater. Sick. Were you? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I skate. No, it's a, it's a different mentality though. Like, and I, I hear you because it hurts and like it's not easy to skate. But like, it's it's also you can still be part of the skate culture if you just all you have to do is fucking care about it, right? I think it's with that with anything, right? I, I love mean, the aesthetic and I love the spirit. I love, and, I love it. I love yeah. it so much, bro, that I'm willing to admit, like, I ain't a real one myself. I don't. I'm not gonna try to take up a space that belongs to somebody else. Sure. But I totally respect and yeah. admire the art and the people willing to get hurt to learn how to skate. Yeah, it's a. It's it's. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I started taking photos. Is all I can say because now I can. I can. I don't. Have I to couldn't kill myself I couldn't skate, but I went to Marina Skate Park. So <laughs> and jealous. fucking rode the fucking. The easy pools. Round balls. <laughs> yeah. But I'd fucking sit there and watch Jealous. Frog, Polar Bear. Whoa, and these froggy. dudes fucking pulling off fucking Christian, pulling off fucking, you know, crazy airs. So much and I was heart. fucking like yeah. fucking 13, 14 years old, man. Christian Hosoy's first photo ever published was from Marina. Ted Terrebonne shot it when he was 13. Oh. You were probably there. And yeah. we, we have unofficially named the Venice Park the Polar Bear Dennis Agnew Park. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's all about 
carrying the traditions along, you know? Yeah, so yeah. the fact that you got to see him go over the hip at the marina. Oh, yeah. Bro. Holy shit, dude. Like, yeah. these are these are photos I studied, you know, growing up. Like, we did, I wasn't, I didn't get to see that. I'm like, dude, you, you're yeah. so lucky. I know that's your name, but like, you're lucky to have lived. Think Were you there when the Devo, when they did the Devo video? No, no I wasn't. Oh, no. Think about how much the world changed when somebody did like, some of these first tricks that 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 uh, Dan was talking Back about. Back then, it was on. It was like there was like a handful of guys on the planet that were doing this. shit. Literally, like these dudes were flying up aerials, yeah. grabbing their boards, coming down. Like that was what was up. There was like that was the shit. You just see him just going. That was the trick that was just going over and over. There wasn't a bunch of other shit. Right. It was that. How high could you get holding your board? But with style. With style. Like all the Venice skaters did it with style. And bro, bro. these dudes all dressed with fucking. Yeah. Had crazy fucking like. Frog would wear his T-shirt on his fucking head. Fucking, it was like he was just. uh, His son Hayden's killing it now. Dude, that's crazy, yeah, right? Yeah. But crazy. they all had style. I mean, Asoy yeah. became a rock star. Well, you know? yeah, Asoy like, was yeah. totally like, yeah. Um, but it was uh, what a what a lucky. My dad fucking, fucking lived upbringing. fucking. My dad lived fucking like four blocks from there. Wow, in an apartment. Wow. And that was like the whole. I just wanted to be so cool like those dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. those dudes were like it. You know. Like uh-huh. Jay and like those. Yeah, dude, it's I, like I can't even imagine what they were like when they were younger. But like. I, I was lucky enough to meet Jay later, but I don't think you ever grew up, according to what everyone else. Yeah, but yeah, sure. like those guys pushed the levels of global skateboarding to it, it. To this day, it's still a reference point of what skateboarding is, you know. And it's like, fuck yeah, dude, you yeah, got to live that. That's fun. like I also crazy. just think about just how innov- it, like revolutionary, innovative it is globally for urban spaces sure right yeah i mean like it seems like only in these areas where people thinking about using this urban space these 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 for their own purposes like for their own purposes and it changed the world. We accept it now. Kids growing mm-hmm. up now, dude, right by my house there's a skate park. Right. And the kids, I'm not dogging it. The kids, you know, they range. It ranges from like four years old all the way up to probably forty-five. Easily, right? Yeah. And the, the dude's there with his kids, and and it's totally accepted now. Like yeah. it's not a, it's not even a second thought. Yeah. But when these dudes were doing <laughs> it, when nah, you were watching bro. it, nah, dude, there was a small gap of guys, and all all the young kids were just sitting around watching them skate. Right. Nobody else was touching nothing. This is what they considered us criminals. Right. right? You know what I mean? And so, not to, yeah, but yeah, we, yeah. we still like it that way. So keep it that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, we still are. We're fucking, yeah. we're criminals. We're fucking creatives. We're like, we are, we're living on a different mentality, a different plane than everybody else in the world. And we, we embrace that shit. We keep skateboarding raw. We keep it fucking in the streets. We keep it real. Everybody can do whatever they want with it, but it's always going to remain something that's a creative, endless endeavor that you can't ever master. So, it, think about that. Like, if you if you're goofy footed, and say you learned like fifteen hundred tricks goofy footed, okay, now go learn them regular footed. Good luck. You know what I mean? Like, you can't ever master it. So, it's a constant pursuit of something that has no end, which makes it almost a perfect creative endeavor, which doesn't exist in many places. That's and true. terrain changes. 
it it also adds. There's new. There's old. It's like, you know, we lose a skate park. It's like losing a family member. You know, like that shit matters to us. You know, and like the terrain and what's made architecturally, what's made in the community. And people, how we interact with each other and how we interact with the world is fucking different than everybody. And I wouldn't trade it for fucking anything in the world, ever. You know, Damn. I mean, straight Damn. up. You heard it. Yeah. That's it. That's what's up. You heard it from Dan. Yeah. Right. Juice, yeah. bro. I was. That was. Uh, you heard it from Jan from Deuce. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jan me, from man. Deuce. <laughs> oh man, I can't believe I man. said that out loud. Fuck, bro. <laughs> hey, you got to come yeah. back on again. For sure. Oh, God, I'd be yeah, honored, dude. dude. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Good conversations, awesome. bro. You guys are so much. I could just sit back and listen. I, I just really like. I, I really like your passion, and I really like that you're keeping it real, man. Thanks, man. To, to no end, to no matter what, just yeah. keeping it real. Dude. The Homer, the game, the Homer of Venice, who's giving us the the Odyssey and the sagas of skateboarding. <laughs> Tell us where people can find. Uh, you find Juice Magazine, how they could check it out and get to know. Oh, sick. Yeah. At Juice Magazine on Instagram. At Juice Dan is my personal one. And juicemagazine.com is where you can find all kinds of crazy shit. So, you guys need to go in. follow it, need to go tune in, need to go check that out if you really want to find out about skateboard culture, history, and keeping it true to its yeah. roots. That's where you start. Mm-hmm. Hey, and a big shout out to. Um, Brooklyn Dom tonight, man. Hell yeah. He's somebody that stands on it, you know, in the community and gives back. And is, to him, it's important that uh, people contribute and give back to this this great sport, this great lifestyle and culture. So a uh, big shout out to you too, Dom. Fuck yeah. Dom gets it. Skateboarding, yeah. does, skateboarding doesn't owe you anything. You owe it. That's how it works. Yeah. June. Yeah. Yep. Ovando Bone LLP. We wear braids to court. Let the tomahawks fly the best legal representation that money can buy. That's it. Old Blue Eyes, what you got? Sean at movemental.media for all your audio and podcasting needs. Yeah, you hear that crisp sound? It's because of Old Blue Eyes. That's right. Also, don't forget to check us out at hardluckshow.com. Nice. 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 And uh, got... Nice. Dragon, Dragon bags, Dragon, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon, Dragon bags with Dragon a Z, Dragon bags with a Z, Dragon, Dragon bag and bags. Sam has got Dragon bags with a Z, with a Z. And uh, you guys know what? <laughs> Cubanos, Cubanos, <laughs> Cubanos. A couple Cubanos. Yeah, Come on, roll up a fucking eight. Vibes, vibes, baby. It's all. Vibes. It's all about. All vibes. about the vibes. It's all about vibes. It's all about the good vibes. Hey, thanks for having me on, by the way, you guys. Yes. If I didn't say that. Oh, yeah. yeah You're it's been a fucking honor. I yeah. appreciate you both. Uh, www.supermaxhardware.com. Vibes Rolling Papers. Shout out to Cookies, Esteban Oriel Soul Assassins, Cookies SF, and www.supermaxhardware.com. Go pick up some gear. Always listen to Hard Luck Show Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thank you again, Dan, from yeah. G Magazine. Fuck yeah. Thank yeah. you, guys. Right. Right Hell on. Yeah. Here. Hasta la vista. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. All women should smell like strippers. All women should smell like strippers. All women should smell like strippers.